everyone. Welcome to Dear First Gen, a podcast created by Nevada First Gen Network. We are a new initiative dedicated to providing relief for first-generation students affected by COVID-19. Through this podcast, we hope to elevate the voices of our first-gen community by highlighting their victories and bringing awareness to their struggles. We sincerely hope that by listening to our podcast, you may gain a little more knowledge on the life of a first-gen individual and listen to their stories. My name is Aria Monge, and I am the website and data specialist for Nevada First Gen Network. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. My name is Loridian Gamboa Sanchez, and I am the Southern Nevada Program Coordinator for the Nevada First Gen Network. Hi, and welcome to our podcast. My name is Becky Linda Revalos, and I am the program coordinator for Nevada First Gen Network. And thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. My name is Daira Diaz, and I am one of the program coordinators for the Nevada First Gen Network. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Osvaldo Jimenez, and I am the project manager of the Nevada First Gen Network. We are a brand new statewide initiative built by Nevada's first gen students. Welcome back to Dear First Gen with Nevada First Gen Network. We are so excited for you to join us for episode four. Woohoo! With me today is Osvaldo Jimenez. And I'm Aria Monge, and we're so excited to introduce our special guest, Boris Carfuguera. Yay! <laughs> We're so excited to have you. <laughs> Thank you. So excited to be here. Yay. Can you please do an introduction of yourself? Um, so my name is Boris. This is my third year in the university. I'm majoring in human development and family science. Um, been part of DFS since sixth grade and just vibing. Just nice. chilling. Part of a lot of stuff, but I think we'll get into that later. Yeah. What, um, so where did you grow up? Where is your background? Oh, so I was born and raised here in Reno, uh, low income, first generation from a Latino family. When you got introduced to DFS, do you remember that experience that initial being picked or your counselor talking to you about it? Oh, yeah, I do. Um, so it was, again, sixth grade in Echo Loader. Um, and funny enough, it was Becky, I think, who came oh, to nice. my room with Dalila. And it was also um, a weird day because it was like our uh, like sixth grade spirit week or whatever. And we were all wearing like mismatched stuff. So then we all walked in looking funny. <laughs> and then they were just like, damn, why are they wearing like different colored shoes? And I'm like, we're just being spirited out here. <laughs> but that was my first experience like of DFS in general. And then um, and then like the meetings going to the UNR orientation. Um I remember we had to take a taxi to get there, and I was like, damn. Whoa, yeah. to get to school? Yeah, to get to UNR, and that was my first oh. time in the university. Like, wow. never been, didn't even know I was here. I don't know what was going through my head, but I was like. <laughs> As a little sixth grader, like, yeah. wow, this is interesting. I was like, damn, this whole, exists. Yeah, like a whole new building, new experiences, new people. Yeah. Dang. So do you feel, you've already seen, like, the changes of how DFS was when it first started to mm -hmm. now, right? How do you feel the difference of it? Uh, The difference, it did get pretty big i think also from like seeing it as a student and now as like someone who works for dfs yeah it's just a whole other level of how everything happens how it goes um but i'm just grateful that people are like looking at us now it can be good and bad because now <laughs> everyone has their eyes on us and mm -hmm. wants stuff like 
for MDFS, but yeah. anything's good and only seeing going up from here. True. Prior to DFS, did the conversation of college come up in like your family or was it something that like DFS introduced? Um, so it was always in the conversation. I think it's cliche to say, but like Latino families just say like the only goal should be college and then that they're going to help you out around that. And obviously, so yeah, I knew college was something that was going to happen for me. I just didn't know how or what I was going to do. It was just like all college. And then the basic like parents saying like, oh, I want you to be a doctor, mm -hmm. do all this. And I'm like, Ooh, doctors <laughs> like, a lot. Or like if there was any other careers I can be a part of. So DFS really helped me like navigate that journey because I knew the journey was there. I just didn't know how to get to the end point. Definitely. So then what made you choose your major then currently? So my senior year before COVID. So I graduated during COVID. <gasps> oh, no. Um, but it was criminal justice at first. And then I was like, well, I did criminal justice. So I was like into the criminal mind stuff, so like the shows. But then I was like, do I really want to do that? And then I just like kind of reflected, especially during COVID. And I was like, what do I want to do? And I really like help giving, helping back. Um, and then I was just thinking a lot about what DFS gave to me, because like everything that I'm involved in, it all starts with DFS. Um, gave me the courage to like take pride in who I am. So um, I just wanted to give back, and I think. Human development, family science allows that. At first, I thought I wanted to be a counselor just because my mentor was Sammy. He became a counselor. My other mentor is Frankie Francisco. He's going to be a counselor too. Um, but then I was like, do I want to do high school students? Because I help also in the summer with the geometry class. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I wanted to step it up more and help um, higher education, so like students in the undergrad level. So um, I'm going to use human development and family science to like work in higher education. I don't know where, but I want to stick here in the university. It's home. I've been here again like since sixth grade, and I'm not planning on leaving anytime soon. Nice. So UNR was definitely like your first option when you were applying to college? Yeah. Um, I had like other options. Like I remember when like you do the SAT and they're like, do you want to get um, – emails or mail from all these other colleges mm -hmm. and just because other people were like uh oh, UNR is not that good so I kind of like fell into that wave I was like yeah UNR isn't good I'm gonna go somewhere <laughs> else I'm gonna go like or across the country so I get all this mail and it, just get the mail and then I'll throw it in the trash mm -hmm. and then I realized I was like I'm just following the wave I like UNR it's home it's familiar I've literally been coming here like constantly um so I don't know I just stuck to it didn't want to go anywhere else. Yeah. I also had that thought. I feel like when I was graduating, I was like, I come into UNR since the sixth grade or just being aware of it. I felt like it was like almost a safe option. Like, oh, like I know UNR, I can be here. But then I, I looked into other options, like exploring to see other universities. But then the cost of money, like mm -hmm. living expenses, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, it's expensive. Right? It's You're expensive. like, it's not just attending the college. It's figuring out where you're going to yeah, live, who yeah. you're going to talk to, transportation. Yeah. I'm like, Starting over, figuring out where you're getting a haircut from. Exactly. Yeah, like the little things small, I'm like, yeah. where's the nearest hospital? Like, is, mm -hmm. like being on your own, like, oh, gosh. So, yes, UNR definitely felt like the option. But I, I, I regret not looking a little bit more into other stuff, I think, and like exploring other stuff. I tried. But again, I was like, I, I was just doing what other people are doing in high school. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, UNR is here. I don't <laughs> want to be a UNR student. Mm -hmm. But then, like, at the end of the day, I love being a UNR student. And then everything's free. I get my, mm -hmm. like, everything paid for because I'm low income. So, um, and I have the Pell Grant, so everything's paid for. I, yeah. My mom makes food. My dad exactly. makes all the bills. I'm just <laughs> chilling. 
<laughs> we need to take advantage of what we have, right? Yeah. I know when people are like, oh, you still live at home? Are you still I'm like, yeah, but I don't pay your rent. Yeah, yeah. My mom's cooking my meals. Like, oh, I don't know There's what. like pros and cons exactly. about everything. And the big pro is I'm not paying for anything. Anything, right? Yeah. So we kind of talked about a little about the first gen programs you were a part of. But was there any, did um, being a part of DFS introduce you to anything else or lead you to join other organizations? Yeah. So like I said, DFS was like the root of everything because I was um, the first program that I was part of anything like no one else like there wasn't other anything that I knew about and then um because of DFS um and the mentoring whole process like I said Sammy was my mentor he kind of um gave me like positive energy I would say to uplift me so then I joined leadership in middle school my eighth grade year and then I joined with um other DFS students too as well which was like I had my little friends there so I was like okay I can do this other people are doing it with me I'm not alone so I joined at that eighth grade year it was good and then um going into high school I was like scared so I was like so I was like I don't know if leadership's for me so I didn't do leadership but then it was like I just saw people doing it, and I was like yeah I miss it I think that's what I, where I need to be so like a month into my freshman year I went to the leadership teacher and I was like yeah get me in here any way possible I want to join because <laughs> um, it was like a whole application process and I missed it because I don't know, my ego, I guess. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do school. That's it. That's all that matters. Um, but I, but she let me in. And then I just did leadership all of high school. I'm trying to see if I was any part of any clubs in high school. I don't think so. Just because leadership in high school took a lot for me. Um, so I did leadership. I got some positions there. Um, and I ended as student body president. Um, biggest accomplishment <laughs> right yeah. now. But, um yeah, and then did leadership there, was just involved um, in that aspect because there's, like, a whole other world, like, NASC leaderships across mm-hmm. um, all of Nevada. Um, but that was my focus. And then COVID happened in the, mm-hmm. like, m- middle of my second year, well, my semester of senior year. Um, so then that also took a, like, ugh. It what if something so else weird. happens, like, with COVID? Like, do I really want to be a part of anything else? Um but again, like how my life is, everything's so last minute. Um, I last minute applied for ASUN, Associate mm-hmm. Students of University of Nevada, which is like leadership in the undergrad level. Um, last minute, like also three days before like the application process was in. So I applied there and thankfully got in. Um, I was an intern for the clubs and orgs department. So for that, um, that department's in charge of like giving money to clubs, um, funding, um, and then, like, organizing their events. So, like, if you see people tabling, the whole process has to go through that department. Or if you can, if they have, like, money to give or, like, um, any supplies that they need, it comes from the clubs and orgs department. And then they host, like, the club fair that happens two times every year. Um, so that happened. And then I applied early, too, and I got a job. So they actually paid me. So I was like, damn, no free work because <laughs> like, hey. all of high school <laughs> – put all effort and didn't get anything back. But here, at least, like, I'm getting paid for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the that department, the clubs are organized in different coalitions. So there's, like, faith-based, um, sports, FSL, fraternity, sorority life, multicultural, and all that good stuff. There's, like, nine different coalitions. So I was, like, a commissioner for the science and engineering. And I was, like, and I just got thrown into there. And then also for campus life and multicultural and diversity. So those were the different coalitions I was in charge of throughout those two years 
And then now I applied out of a different department and I'm the director for campus wellness. So anything wellness, I meet with all like the counseling services, fitness center, um, Nevada Cares. I meet with them. And then um, a big project that I have going on is the wellness week, which is happening um, the first week of March, I'm thinking, February 27th to March 3rd. Um, but that's like what has my focus right now. Nice. Wow, you're super I know. involved. Big spiel. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, Super no, no. That's ASUN, but I have other stuff. But. <laughs> no, but it's awesome to hear how much the university is doing and all the things that are going on because I think, like, when you – one thing I, I kind of think back of my time in undergrad is that I wish I was more involved. I mm-hmm. wish I did more stuff. Mm-hmm. I wish I, like – it was really a part of the university, especially because, yeah, during I graduated the university during COVID, too. So I, during that time, I felt so distant from it. And, like, mm-hmm. I didn't even feel like I was really a part of the school. Like, it was hard. So to know that there's other things going on and that I could have really put yeah. myself out there and did other things, I'm like, dang. I know. And it just <laughs> all comes, like, with DFS because also, like, that motivation of applying, like, so late here on the undergrad level. It, like, I thought about applying because of DFS, like, mm-hmm. the... Um, YCI internship program mm-hmm. that would bring guests and one of the guests was Caprice and then um, I think she was just talking about ASUN or something and I was like okay and it's just weird because everything I'm like oh, how did I get involved in this and it's just like DFS like the first program who took me in and they like let me branch out because um, I was part of now I'm part of ASUN and then um, I run the HDFS club which yeah. was a new club as well um, and then part of like a, the Blue Key Honor Society, things like that. But it's just like it all comes from the root. So I'm telling you, <laughs> you guys need to support programs like these. Mm-hmm. Yes, very true. Do you have any advice for students who want to get involved like that and to be really a part of other programs? I think my biggest advice is don't be scared to talk to people. Like connections is so important. And I realized that too. Like in high school, I was like, I'm just going to keep to my little circle. I'm not going to talk to anyone who I don't vibe with, but, like, anyone can, like, bring you any opportunity. Um, and one big thing for being involved is just to go to a club there. I think all the clubs and organizations are there. They want to be there. They're trying to recruit. There's so many clubs and so many organizations on campus, like, 250, somewhere around there. So, Whoa. like, there's some. there has to be something for you. And there isn't something for you. You can create it, create your own club. Um, and then from there, you'll just make all the connections, and you'll see. You'll grow. Nice. How do you find time to balance all of this? Uh, <laughs> You're like, balance, I don't. <laughs> that word, I hate it. Um, I just try. I try my best, I guess. Um, last week was just like, ugh, so much happening. Start of the semester. Yeah, and, and I was like, like nah. can I do this? Um, I think just be positive. Um, just evaluate all the stuff you're into, what you're taking out of it. And if you're really passionate about it, you can, like, balance anything. Um, I feel like people say there's not enough time, but there's like there's time you can like you just have to see what's important for you. Um, If it's giving you value, um, if it's not giving you value, that's okay. Just drop it. It can give value to someone else. It's not for you. Um, But all the stuff that I'm in, I just see some there's like valuable stuff from it. And I just try my best. And then if it doesn't work out, I have next week. You know, (laughs) every week is just like improvement to the next. Um. But yeah, it's a lot of stuff, but I try my best. Um, and if there's anything that I'm missing, I just like criticism, I guess. People talk to me or like ask people for help. I know it's mm-hmm. hard. 
especially for me. I'm like, ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to have <laughs> I have to the right yeah. amount of criticism. Yeah. Right? Like, from a certain person, because I think in other people, it just becomes, like, complaints. Yeah. But if it's in somebody you respect or yeah. admire, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll, do, I'll take that into consideration, mm-hmm. right? But, but, yeah. Yeah, balance. You just got to find support, I think. People who love you, people who care for you, people who motivate you, and then you should be good. Mm-hmm. And you have to love it at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Because if you're not enjoying it, why are you why doing, are you it? doing <laughs> it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we talked about your major. And then are you? when are you graduating? I'm in graduating 2024. 2024. So in a year. Nice. Okay. What are the big plans? Especially now that you do so much, how are you going <laughs> to run step? the world? Yeah. <laughs> how are you going to go one step above that? Uh, I don't know. Because there's a lot that I'm doing right now. I'm like, am I going to be able to? But also, I don't think I want to, like, have a life where I'm doing that much going on. Um, I think for some point, it's good to be busy, but I don't want to, like, overwork myself. Yes. Um, but the plan after undergrad is to go to graduate school, which I'm like, ugh. You're like, more, more school. school. Yeah. <laughs> ugh, do it I want to do like that? It like it never ends. Yeah. Um, and I think right now, who knows if it changes, but stay at UNR and go to the do diversity and equity as oh, my master's yes. yeah. um, just because I do want to do higher education. Um, and I think that just there, I'm thinking if I want to do more after master's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to think too far. It's going <laughs> to You're like, that's for a future yeah, boys. Like, yeah. He future can worry boys, about that. <laughs> I'll worry about what's now. Future boys will worry about then. But, um, How do you yeah. feel right now, Ariam, with the MBA program? Yeah. So I, I'm in the graduate program with MBA. Um, it is interesting. It does. I think each program is very different. And there are things that I felt like I'm relearning or kind of going back to what I already did in my undergrad. But I think as long as you are um, willing to learn and kind of reaching out to people, because like, it's a huge networking opportunity as mm-hmm. well. It's so cool. Like the first day everybody like, talks about, because these are all people who have full-time jobs mm-hmm. already. So they're talking about what they're doing in the community or what they want help with or like just anything that's going on. And I think that sense is really cool. Um the, just like the cliche of like you get what you put you get what you put in right you put in yeah. what you get right out of it mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that's that. what, yeah something like that something <laughs> something like that but I think that's very it's very true because yeah if I could just go to classes and not care or I could stay and linger and talk to my classmates you know about yeah. what's going on so mm-hmm. kind of being involved in it but I like it I like being back in school it's fun to be like I'm a student again <laughs> like yeah <laughs> student what's your master's it's in um so in business administration oh. is kind of like that. I can do a focus or emphasis on a certain one. Um, my undergraduate was marketing and management, mm-hmm. so I, I really enjoyed marketing. Like that's my passion for it. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it'd be interesting to like branch out and do something different, just so I'm not like stuck in yeah. it. Or be like, oh, that's what just I just business. Yeah, I just trust business. business. But yeah, so we'll see. We'll see where that goes with it. But I, I just started too. I my mm. la- was my first semester last on fall. Yeah. So. So kind of taking a step back to what you mentioned in the beginning that in your household school was really only for like um, being an engineer or being Mm -hmm. a doctor or anything like that. What was your set vision for your life at this moment? I guess at that time. Uh, I I thought I was going to be a doctor or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know, something medical, because that's the only thing um, like Latin families or like when you're at a party, they're only talking about like, oh, you're in school, are you going to do medicine or whatever, help people? Mm -hmm. And then that's what I thought I was going to do, because I thought that was the only way I would be able to help people. Because I think that's what, like, um, people, like, also in family think that the only way you can help someone is through, like, medicine or mm-hmm. the medical field. So that's why that was the only thing that was imprinted on me. And I was like, okay. And then, like, <laughs> science throughout, like, grade school, I'm like, yeah, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and then just, again, DFS helped me see that there's, like, a variety of things I can be part of. And I think I like helping people socially and motivating people. And I think what I'm doing right now 
I'm I'm headed to that direction. Mm-hmm. I just think again back to the motivation. Like no one in my family has gone to college, so if I didn't have DFS, where would that motivation come from? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would be like, okay. They got their diploma. They just went straight to work. I guess I'll do that. So I think I'll be somewhere in mm-hmm. a different place. Wouldn't know um, the capabilities I have or the power I have as an individual. Yeah. Would you be stuck in a little small box that everyone has been part of? So I'm just very thankful for DFS because it really did shape like in putting me in such a positive path. Um, but yeah, I just think I would probably be doing like the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's true too because as cliche as it sounds, you have, especially with DFS, you have that like extra layer of motivation mm-hmm. where you're like, dang, I can't let you down. Like you're investing in yes. me or like you're uh, however much it is or whatever it is that they're putting into that specific student. It's like, no, I can't let you down. So then you get that extra push. You're just like, okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to yeah. keep doing this, whether it's school or work. And most students in DFS end up going to school, end up going into mm-hmm. at least a four-year degree, if not a master's and now PhDs and everything. But it's that extra layer of like motivation that first gen students need yeah and like i owe everything to dfs which is why i'm a mentor i'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> i have like a caseload full circle back <laughs> yeah i have a caseload of hug and act and i'm like you guys are gonna get what i got out of this i'm gonna motivate you <laughs> guys in any way possible even if it's not through like the goal being college whatever you're just gonna be the a better person than you were before mm-hmm. what's a piece of advice that you would give your first gen self back in the day Oh, that's hard. Very hard question. Um, I think one advice is that there's like, there are resources out there. You just gotta, I think, uh, even then, if there's resources out there, how am I going to help myself back then? <laughs> um, how are they going to find the resources? Just try your best, I, I guess. Someone's, someone's there. Someone's there that cares, that's going to help you out. And then that's just going to change your whole trajectory of your life. Um, but I'd say just be positive positive mindset goes a long way i think if you if you are optimistic opportunities come people are more willing to help Mm -hmm. or be around you um so i think just keep every day with a smile try your best that's all that matters Mm -hmm. wow so now you're leading the path yeah (laughs) i'm always the first one do do you feel like your family comes to you when they have questions or always yeah and it's about the most random stuff i'm like (laughs) I do not know. You're like, this doesn't pertain to me yeah, at all. Yeah, like, like I can translate, but I don't know what yeah. it's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm translating, but I don't know what, yeah. like, finances and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, I can tell you what it's saying. I don't know what it means, yeah. you know? For or, sure. like, um, my parents also got a new home, and then there's just, like, the whole mortgage <gasps> thing. And I'm like, Ooh. I don't even know what mortgage yeah. is. Yeah. So I, oh, yeah. I don't know. For it's some like, reason, my family thinks I'm like an IT person now after graduating. Yeah. Like, oh, you can fix this. You're like, this isn't yeah, connecting. Like, yeah. <laughs> not even like, close. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. if there, I'm sure there's a number, an actual stat that would be interesting and stuff. But I wonder how many of us like first gen students, um, ba- like with our parents coming back in, how many of us have like specific degrees or how many of us have been able to like mm-hmm. do something with our degrees here, or, like move to a different culture or like yeah. move back to our culture and do something over there. So, like, say, like, I came over here to graduate with from Mexico or something like that, and then I moved back, and then just seeing, like, that number of how many people, like, yeah. can, are able to do those things. But it's just sucky, too, because one of the things people don't talk about is that the degree doesn't always transfer. Um, and I always remember my friend Helga. She worked with me in the College of Business when I was a student worker, and she had a degree from Peru. 
And she even worked as like a hotel manager for the, a big chain in Peru and everything mm-hmm. and had all of this experience. But when she came to the States, she couldn't find a job and she couldn't do uh-huh. anything because the degree wasn't applicable or yeah. didn't necessarily transfer all the way, which... I don't know how they do like the accreditations or how it works with like sending the actual like degree over, but you would mm-hmm. assume that more or less it's kind of the same thing. So then it's all those like little things that people don't talk about or that you don't see either. I don't think it's not imposter syndrome and I'm sure there's a specific word for it, but do you ever feel like sad or I, I guess not, not out of place, but sad that you're the one there instead of your family or like, do you feel bad that you're trying to succeed when they when they didn't they, they have didn't that. have the opportunity yeah. or they don't have it? I think about it with like my dad. So back in my family, my mom is a my mom went to college. She's a teacher, and but my dad he only went up to the sixth grade, mm-hmm. and because and him it wasn't because he um he just couldn't go he couldn't continue school. He's the oldest of nine of nine kids, and his dad one needed him to help work at the ranch and his ranch with everything mm-hmm. going on, and it's just like it wasn't in the cards for him to continue on with school Mm -hmm. but my dad like i still see like intelligence and willingness to learn stuff like that and i and it do it does make me sad thinking about it sometimes of like hey you could have had imagine if you wouldn't have stopped at school if you would have continued on Mm -hmm. if you would have done more like how different his life would have been to what it is now oh yeah you know so i think i do i do i I understand what you're saying like that like feeling like sad or like regret that they don't have the same opportunities that you have Mm -hmm. but it's in the whole the sense of like you want you always want to give your child more than what they, yeah. what you, what you had, right? Yeah. Again, and that's just another thing be- that like sticks behind like your head. You're like, ugh, they didn't get the opportunity to do yeah. this, mm-hmm. and I have the opportunity. Sorry, I yeah. should take advantage. They would have taken advantage mm-hmm. if they were in my place. So it's just another like extrinsic motivator, I guess. Yeah. Something Thank that you. clings on to the back of your mm-hmm. mind, and you're like, yeah, I have to. Oh, <laughs> I have to keep going. Yeah. Dang it! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't ugh. just quit. Oh yeah. <laughs> And it just obviously depends on the person and their relationship with their family and stuff. But, like, I notice it. Like, I Mm -hmm. see my dad sometimes or just the way that they think or the way that they operate. It's, like, different. It's old school. And we don't see that anymore. Like, even the way that we were raised, like, it's not the same. So you just notice, like, what if they had had the opportunity, you know, or, like, that side of everything. They could have been on a completely different level or, like, maybe even done something over there or, like, done something here. But... I see we don't have the camera on this time, but I see you have a whole bunch of rings, Boris. Do they <laughs> yeah. mean anything? Damn. I just got called out. <laughs> uh, Everybody start describing your appearance, what you look like yeah. today. <laughs> what I'm wearing. Um, but yes, I have cute rings. Thank you for pointing it out. Um each ring is like I think it does have a story. There's like one that's like my first ring for my fifteenth birthday, my comunion, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah. Um but I think in my family, it's just, like, gold is, like, very appreciated. So then I just got the rings. And obviously, they have to be different color. Mm-hmm. So Infinity Stones. I know. Let's just say you're here with that. Anytime I want to snap. <laughs> I know. Anytime I want to give up, I'm going to tear up, like, half the universe. <laughs> I can do it in any second. So watch out. Oh, yeah. That's hella true, too, though. Like, in the Hispanic culture, you have a gold bracelet before yeah. you can even walk and everything. Yeah. yeah. There's pictures of me with, like, the Literally. cadena. The neck. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. Has all your name, has everything on it. Yeah. 
Well, Boris, I just want to say thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. Um, I wanted to bring up that you're a really awesome person. Uh-huh. And I, every time I hear about you, I hear such good things about you. You've been recommended by, like, so many people, teachers, and like, mentors, Manny. Like, I don't know, Jenna Dewar also. Oh, yeah. yeah, she, like, really loves you, too. So I think it's uh-huh. cool that anytime I, like, hear your name, I'm like, I know him. Always He's so awesome. Good, yeah. Yes. Something people good. have always such good things to talk about you. So we were really excited to have you on our podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you both. <laughs> I appreciate a lot of NFGN yeah. network. But yeah, just happy to be here and hope this podcast is more successful. It was fun. Thank Yay. you, Boris. Thank you, thank you. Woo! Thank you to our amazing guest, Boris Carpugera. Boris now serves as ASUM president for the University of Nevada, Reno. As a first-generation college student, Boris has a clear passion for education, and we're excited to share his story with all of you. If you're interested in being featured on our podcast, contact our marketing and social media specialist, Aria Monge at amonge at unr.edu. We would love to highlight your first-gen story. We encourage you to follow us on our social media accounts. We are Nevada First Gen on Instagram and Nevada First Gen Network on Facebook. Thank you for listening and we'll see you for the next episode. Bye.